Coming up on today's show, Michelle Battersby's refreshingly honest pregnancy announcement. Taylor Swift breaks more records with the launch of the Eras Tour movie. A woman has gone viral for slurping down 48 oysters during a date. And students are taking to TikTok to slam their year 12 exams. Hello and welcome to Outspoken. It's your dose of the hottest influencer and pop culture news twice a week. I'm Sophie Torbert and we have to kick off today's show with this oyster story. It is classic. So a woman has gone viral for ordering 48 oysters during a date. The TikToker known as Iguana documented her date at the Atlanta Oyster Bar, which was celebrating Oyster Tuesdays. Now, as part of the deal, you got a dozen oysters for $15. That didn't mean that you had to eat 48, though. <laughs> no. Now, in the video, which now has over 5 million views, the woman ordered four platters of oysters and filmed herself seasoning each oyster with lemon and Tabasco. I love that she was on a date, yet she took the time to get her phone out and film <laughs> each lot of sauces on the oyster. I want to know, was this a Tinder date or a hinge date? Well, the guy kept hitting her up in her DMs, apparently, and she kept ignoring him, but then thought, nah, fuck it, I'll go on the date. And it seems like she was trying to get him for all he was worth, really. I feel like she clearly didn't give a shit about this guy. Maybe this is a tactic that people should use when you want someone to stop hassling you. Well, also, we are going through a cost of living crisis. Maybe she just wanted a free (laughs) meal. Now, in this video, you can hear her loudly slurping up each oyster. This gave me the absolute ick. I can't stand when people are loud chewers. And now I'm going to add this to the list because I didn't even know that people slurped oysters down. Yeah, well, this is a warning for anyone who is listening to this through air pods because we are going to play the <laughs> clip let's throw to it just to give it justice trigger warning y'all when the fourth one came out he was looking at me crazy i didn't give a fuck i'm like baby you invited me out i'm gonna eat and i was coming anyway but i ain't gonna lie no, I wouldn't have did all that, but I did do all that. That was so good. I was not expecting it to be that good. It was just so good. Like, I just, I had to. I feel like we're going to get a lot of complaints about that one because when we played <laughs> Mitch Orville obnoxiously eating avocado on toast, people weren't happy. And this is 10 times worse. There actually is a legitimate medical condition where people experience intense rage or fear when they hear the sound of people chewing, spitting or clearing their throat. So if you did ditch your phone to the other <laughs> side of the room when you heard that slurping noise, you may have it. I love that this wasn't the only thing Iguana ate on this date. She also decided to order a serve of potatoes and crab cake. Now, this is despite the fact that her date didn't actually order any food. He just had one glass of white wine. Well, he actually ended up going to the bathroom and never coming back. So I think he was, he knew what Iguana wanted. She wanted him to cover the bill and he thought, fuck it, I'm getting out of here before the bill even arrives. I love that she was eating oysters because that's supposed to be an aphrodisiac, but it seemed to have the opposite effect on her date. She must have been pretty disappointed when she realized that he had (laughs) left the date early. Well, she ended up sharing a screenshot of the text message exchange between them. So she called him out writing, running out on a tab is crazy, to which he responded, I offered to take you out for drinks and you ordered all that food i can cash up the total for the drinks in that situation if someone's asked you out for a date do you think it's fair should he have covered the costs of her food i definitely don't think that he should have had to pay for the bill maybe he could have bought her a drink but if she's ordering up all this food and he's having nothing Mm. then why should he pay for it 
Yeah, if you're taking the piss with it, I think that he's within his right to get up and leave. And many people in the comments section did praise the man for leaving the date. One user wrote, he said, can we meet for drinks? Then she proceeds to slurp down half the ocean. (laughs) Another user wrote, the way I would have dislocated my ankles trying to get out of there. I do love her attitude though, because she clearly didn't give a shit. Can you imagine having the confidence, one, to film a vlog during a first date and then proceeding to order what? Whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, that's why I think she clearly did not like this guy. The video has actually attracted so much attention that some people are starting to think that it was actually a PR stunt. So the owner of the restaurant said, it's been a minute that we had a single female eat that many. It's pretty impressive. He also shut down claims that the video was a cheeky advertisement saying, it's just Atlanta. You can't make it up. (laughs) Well, our dad actually beat this woman's record. On Christmas Day one year, he slurped down 50 Well, to be fair, I don't think he slurped them. I think he ate them with a little fork. And also, I don't think this woman was trying to have a competition. She was just hungry. It's quite cute, though, because every Christmas they would hold this competition because our grandparents would always serve Mm. seafood. And ironically, the year that our dad won this oyster competition was right before we were conceived. Mm. So I remember they also had a mince pie eating competition. I think we should bring that back this year. God, you wouldn't want to go back to back with the oysters and the mince pies. That's a bit of a rank combination. Can't get enough of Outspoken? If you're left wanting more each week, then it might be time to subscribe to Outspoken Plus. Outspoken Plus is our subscription offering that gives subscribers access to a bonus episode every week. If you sign up now, you can enjoy our back catalogue already full of scandalous influencer deep dives and behind the scenes conversations so juicy we've had to put them behind a paywall. Outspoken Plus is available on Apple, Spotify and Patreon. A monthly subscription costs $5.99 or you can save with our annual package for $49.99 a year. That's less than $1 per episode. For those who have already subscribed to Outspoken Plus, we want to say a big thank you. It means a world to us that you're supporting our content and it really does help us to be able to invest more time in creating more content. So thank you. Michelle Battersby has announced she's pregnant in an unorthodox way. The founder of Sunroom shared an emotional confession about her fertility journey in a 1,400-word essay on Mamma Mia. She revealed she made a conscious effort to delay having kids for the sake of her career, including having two abortions. Now, Kate, for those who don't know, can you bring us up to speed with who Michelle Battersby is? Well, Michelle was behind the Australian launch of the dating app Bumble, and she was also chief marketing officer at Kik. And she almost became a bit of a business influencer in her own right. She has over 30,000 followers on Instagram. And recently she founded a platform called Sunroom and moved to the US. So she is very inspirational in the workspace. Hmm. Now, Michelle announced she was pregnant by sharing a reel on Instagram, documenting the rollercoaster ride of the early days of finding out she was pregnant. And in the video, she revealed she knows she should be happy, but her initial reaction was fear because of her job. Now, this pregnancy did come as a surprise as she found out she was pregnant when she got home from Thailand while her fiancé Bill was away. It does seem like there's currently a trend with pregnancy announcements that you either have to be really simple and relatable or super vulnerable. They also have to include a disclaimer for those going through their own fertility battles, which Michelle's did. 
I think it is a good move to see people being more sensitive. And obviously this is something that people in the public I do who have large followings. I don't particularly see any of Mm. my friends announcing a pregnancy announcement in this way. And they're obviously being more mindful because we're constantly seeing their highlights reel and all of their achievements. So they know they're going to get people offside if suddenly they're putting up this post about their spectacular pregnancy and how everything's going great in their lives. It is interesting that that aesthetically pleasing kind of flat lay image where you put baby clothes and some little shoes that doesn't seem to be the in thing to do anymore Mm. no i feel like that's something that your friends will still do on social media but influencers have evolved from doing it when i hopefully have a child someday i don't even know how i'd announce it yeah people seem to be doing reels now because a lot of people do wait for the three month mark and they've got so much to say and so many feelings in the three month mark where they have to keep it a secret that they almost are like fuck it i'm sharing all of this now following her instagram post an essay Michelle wrote about her fertility journey went live on Mamma Mia and she made the decision to share such a personal essay because she knows so many women look at her for career advice and inspo and in the article she spoke about the immense pressure and expectations that are placed on women of a certain age around motherhood for her she feared having children would jeopardize her career. I particularly related to the part of the essay where she wrote, so I'm pregnant and it was a surprise after feeling nothing but fertility anxiety for the last few years. Each IVF update I saw reminded me my delays could lead to hardship. Each egg freezing journey made me worry. People younger than me were taking steps to secure their fertility when I hadn't. We spoke about that recently Mm. because I was starting to have these sleepless nights when I kept seeing influencers posting about their egg retrieval Mm. and IVF journeys and I'm sitting there as a 34 year old woman thinking gosh I'm not doing anything to ensure that I can be pregnant one day you did go and get your egg count checked it wasn't an egg count but it's a blood test where you can look at certain levels and if they line up appropriately for your age group yeah while I do think influencers are doing a good job at sparking awareness and creating important conversations around fertility It is very anxiety inducing for those of us trying to decide when the right time is to have children. And the reality is there really isn't a right time. But as someone who runs their own business, it's easy to keep pushing back Mm. the decision, which is why I enjoyed reading Michelle's article so much. Mm. I also thought it was really brave of her to reveal that she's previously had two abortions with her partner, Bill, for the sake of her career. So she wrote, I believed at the time having a child would hold back or sabotage my career and everything I'd worked for at a pivotal point in my growth. I don't regret those decisions. I was young and had time up my sleeve. I didn't have to challenge or interrogate my longstanding beliefs about balance balancing a career and a baby, so I didn't. Michelle also explained that since she had her last abortion at 28, that she started to get her eggs counted every year to ensure that her future delays were always an educated guess. However, she said she started to lose the feeling of comfort after having her eggs counted at the age of 32. And it was at this point she said that her biological clock became a real thing and she couldn't stop thinking about the question career or baby. Mm. Well, Michelle went into more details about how she felt when she found out she was pregnant. So rather than feeling excited and joyful, Michelle said she felt guilty and selfish to let herself have a baby alongside her career. She said her emotional response to the news was dominated by the conditioning, societal pressures and the restrictions she'd put on herself over the last five years. I can definitely see why that was her initial reaction. She also spoke about that her biggest fear is that investors would find out she was pregnant 
and would pull out of her company. And she worried about how it would reflect to her employees and people involved in the business. She thought maybe it will look like I just don't care about the company anymore. It's just such an unfair thing that women in business have to experience because, Amy, you and I running our own Mm. business, we have similar fears and we are constantly talking about, well, we can't really have kids at the same time because someone's got to steer the ship. And the frustrating thing is still, these are not thoughts that men would have going through their minds. This has been the most extraordinary experience of my entire life. Taylor Swift, the era's to a film, hit big screens last Thursday and is already breaking records. Worldwide ticket pre-sales exceeded $100 million, while the first day sales alone topped $26 million. It seems like everything Taylor Swift touches turns to gold at the moment, and this movie is no different. It's clear that her and her PR team have done this just so perfectly because not only was Beyonce in attendance at the premiere, but Taylor actually visited all the 16 cinemas within the complex to thank everyone for attending. And when I saw these videos, I was like, how the hell Mm. did these lucky bastards get tickets to the opening night? I should have known they were actually handpicked by Taylor herself. So it is a bit of a trend for Taylor to invite her dedicated fans to special events of hers. And this movie premiere was no different. So when she visited each cinema, she thanked her fans for their support. Let's throw to what she said. Just let me come say hi real quick. Um, So thank you, thank you, thank you for wanting to be here. You guys, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if it's weird to say this. You've all been handpicked to be at this premiere. Did you know that? I'm glad that's not weird for you because I do like to watch what you guys are up to. She finished up by saying, thanks for doing all the extra stuff that made us notice you. I just love this because it's just another example of how Taylor has managed to build such a strong fandom. One TikToker called Rylan Olivia shared her experience being handpicked to attend the movie premiere. And she is a Swifty that has 530,000 followers on TikTok. That's probably a bit of a tip to everyone out there. If you want to get invited to the event, maybe build a platform around Taylor Swift (laughs) and your love for her. Now, she received an email two days before the event asking her to RSVP that night, and she immediately booked flights to LA, and the location was undisclosed until 2 p.m. the day of the premiere, when fans were given more details on how to get to the event, which started at 6 p.m. Can you imagine how exciting it would be? If I got that email, I'd be worried it was a scam, because (laughs) I know that they're coming from Taylor Nation, but you would be questioning it. Mm, Well, she did say that she was stopped at three different security checkpoints where they had to present the QR code on the invite and also show their ID. They also had to go through metal detectors. I just can't get over all of the videos of Taylor reacting to the movies. I don't know if you guys have seen them, Mm. but she is just absolutely rocking out to the movie as if she's not even Taylor Swift. Yeah, the videos are like Taylor Swift watching the movie as if she isn't Taylor Swift. I was wondering what the vibe in the cinema would be like. I understand at the premiere everyone's going to be up Mm. and dancing and singing, but when I go down to my local Marion shopping centre, are people going to be singing? Because, look, I want it to be a fun vibe. 
But some people take it to the next level where they're screaming. And what also, do you expect? No, everyone's going to be sitting no, there. No, but, but, I but some people. I think you need people singing along because I don't think you can. I don't think you're human if you no, just sit there yeah, not singing along. <laughs> there are some people I've seen on videos on TikTok where people are screaming the lyrics, and yeah. I find that really obnoxious. Some people are also bringing out their mobile phones and putting the torches on like they're at a concert. Oh, I like that. No, it's, it looked cool on the video, Kate's but apparently, here. apparently it's um, reflecting on the screen oh, and ruining no. the picture quality. <laughs> I can just imagine you there, Kate, shooting everyone dirty looks. Kate sitting there with her candy and her popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, imagine if you're in a theatre... But there's not many people. I know these well, are all getting sold out, but you're just there like with a handful well, the of people. the boyfriend that's been dragged along, mm. he's not knowing what's coming. Oh, they all know the songs. There are some TikToks where someone's like, my cinema verse, the ones on TikTok, and it was literally so quiet. People just watching it. <laughs> well, some fans are really disappointed because there have been some songs cut from the movie. So The Archer, Long Live, Tis the Damn Season, Nobody, No Crime, Cardigan, and Wildest Dreams are all missing. Look, I'm actually not disappointed with those cuts because I love all of Taylor Swift's music, but those none of those are my favorite. The only one I'm disappointed about there is Long Live. Oh, I do oh, love yeah. Long Live. And TikTokers are advising you need to stay till the end of the movie because the credits are really cute. Rant with me about English Paper 1. Because what the hell was that? Year 12 students are taking to TikTok in their droves to complain about their final exams. So the first exam was an English exam, which many students have already labeled as a complete nightmare. Now, one of the biggest issues seemed to be with how the exam was stapled together. It's very specific. Yeah, well, it seemed to throw a lot of people when they walked into the exam because apparently the stimulus booklet was stapled to the back of the writing booklet and many didn't realize that they could actually tear them apart. So they said it was like origami trying to switch back between the two booklets. God, isn't that just a test for Gen Zers? If they can't work out that they have to pull those two books (laughs) apart, then they failed the exam. I was chatting to my neighbor's kids the other day and they were talking about how they'd been doing some exams at school and I was asking them like do you actually have to physically write them or is everything just on computers now and they were saying no a lot of the stuff you still have to write it and their hands get so sore because yeah. they're so not used well, to my hand always got sore from writing in exams mm. as well and I wasn't always on the computer mm. yeah well there is a student called Lara whose video has since gone viral sharing her experience about this English exam let's throw to what she said about the staple incident Okay, everyone in the static exam, run them up, get here right now. Because what was the stapling, first of all? Why was there a whole stimulus booklet? Like, the stapling was atrocious. That was a horrible start to the exam. And then for the first question to be about gravel and dirt. Gravel and dirt? Gravel's about the human experience, not gravel and dirt. Another issue that Lara seemed to have was with the teachers who she said were babbling on at the start of the exams during the reading time. Here's what she said. I'm sorry, but why does that old bitch at the front, like no disrespect, but disrespect, just be yapping and yapping and yapping. Like the reading time is about to start and this bitch is still talking and still explaining like, babe, we all sat the trial. We all know how it works. No one's gonna leave. Because we only have an hour and a half. 
Can you imagine when we were in year 12, if you had right of reply to your teachers via TikTok, I'm surprised that the school hasn't found this and got involved, particularly <laughs> if it's been covered by the media. Yeah. Especially the old bitch at the front oh, who's yeah. been yapping. She'd have something to say about <laughs> it. They probably don't care because it's their last week of school, you know what I mean? Once the exams are done, they're out of there. Do you remember the cheat sheets you got to bring in? And you'd have for to write. some exams. Yeah, for some exams. And you'd have to write in the smallest letters yes. just to fit everything Sometimes in. you'd just write your whole essay on there and just... <laughs> But were they, they meant to look over it to make sure you didn't do that? I think you could just put it as dot points and mm. get away with it. Now, students were also not happy about the inclusion of a certain poem by an acclaimed New Zealand writer that was included in this exam. So the poem in question was about an apricot tree. <laughs> and one student wrote, who decided to put the apricot and whatever poem in the paper, whilst others were completely lost for words, just putting crying emojis and apricots why is all i could think about is friggin anna paul's apricot piece of toast with the egg that should have been in the essay the students may have known more <laughs> they just about write that anna paul under it this seems very cathartic that you can go on tiktok and be bitching with people across the nation mm. about how shit your exam yeah. was it seems like students this year are channeling that anger in a better way and making memes and jokes about it because in 2017 Year 12 students trolled one of the award-winning poets whose poem ended up being in the English exam. And there are a number of articles written about that one. And they also viciously attacked a journalist who wrote an opinion piece about their whinging about the exams. <laughs> I wonder if the year 12 board or whoever comes up with the exams actually goes to the poet and gives them the heads up and says, look, you're about to get a bit of attention on TikTok, <laughs> particularly the poor guy that wrote about the apricot tree well it doesn't seem like the maths exam went any better because across tiktok one student said it was ridiculously hard and asked what the teachers were on when they wrote it <laughs> whilst another said they started counting their marks during the exams and started thinking about what backup uni courses they could be doing i just feel sorry for these students it's just bringing back so many bad memories of being absolutely stressed out before my exam we only had a couple of exams purposely because I don't deal well under that type of pressure. I remember before our psychology exam, we all had a freak out and thought we were going to fail. Oh, I just, I couldn't think of anything. I was like, I've gone blank. Yeah. Remember you were meant to put the book under your pillow and that was meant to help you absorb all the information. Oh, Didn't what work. Of, what a load of shit. You just went to sleep. The same week, Dean Guyer got eliminated from Australian Idol and that was all I could be thinking How about. could anyone <laughs> concentrate? Well, I think we're going to wrap things up there. This podcast was recorded on the traditional land of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains. We pay respect to elders past and present and if you did like the show please leave us a five-star review